Welcome to the podcast. It is February 3rd, 2020, and uh, the plague is upon us, it would seem. This week we're going to talk about media and the coronavirus, and are there any reasons to worry? Now, I had a very special request for this one. I wasn't planning on talking about the coronavirus. Of course, I'm not an expert on virology or immunology or whatever you might want, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, because there's quite a few things to talk about as it pertains to media. Now, everyone would have certainly heard about the coronavirus by now. So is there a reason to fear? Well, there's plenty of coverage on the virus itself, but not so much on the implications of this constant coverage. In other words, I mean, the media is having a field day with all of this. And with the, you know, ever emerging breaking news on how the virus is spreading and, and the lives it's claiming and so forth, and also on, on how people cope with living in places like Wuhan, uh, it's, it's everywhere, basically. And it's almost a little bit overwhelming by now. And, you know, the coronavirus, it is an endless source of juicy and, you know, frightening statistics and stories. That's true, because every time you have a, you know, a fresh record set or a new projection on the spread of the virus or some kind of a new historical comparison we can look at, well, that's your front page news right there. It is a very cheap source of juicy content is what I'm saying. Because if you turn on the TV these days, if anybody still turns on the TV, a lot of people actually do, you'll see quite a few, you know, talking heads, panels and so forth, virologists, immunologists and so forth. They're led on there to prognosticate and to speculate and they easily crank out some, you know, hot, fresh content day in, day out, all day long. And they keep the audiences you know, hungry for even more of it. Now, I've mentioned in the past, if you've been listening to this show, how journalists have become lazy over the past few years, especially over the past, let's say, five years. And it's, I've said also that it's, it's quite easy just to kind of bring in a panel of specialists and pundits of all kinds and just have them kind of comment on events that are already unfolding. And so, and it's, it's gotten to the point now where you even have talking heads on air, you know, analyze tweets and we see videos of specialists reacting to content and so forth. And so it's basically commentary upon commentary and it really lacks any substance or any kind of meat. It's not really news, really. It's pontification is what it is, but it is cheap and it generates eyeballs. It generates clicks. And with all of that comes, of course, revenue. Um, and amidst the fact that, you know, the, the legacy media is obviously struggling to generate revenue, you'll see more and more of these cheap tactics and they do whatever they can just to make sure they keep on cranking out content and keep having people come back. Now, as I mentioned, this is not a podcast about the coronavirus itself or assessing the threat at hand, uh, but I do have to cover just the very basics here. I mean, you're starting from a baseline of about 300 people dead now from this, confirmed deaths. You have some, somewhere around 15,000 confirmed cases, and this virus has been around for, let's say, a couple of weeks. And of course, I mean, there are many moving parts to this and the situation is fluid, but to try to understand where this is going, we need to raise a few more questions even on top. So first of all, what I want to know is, well, what is the actual recovery rate here? In other words, what is the number of verified recoveries? And this seems that it could actually be quite low. Uh, and that is indeed worrying. So once you have the, once you have contracted the virus, your chances of recovering might be quite low. Now, how long does it actually take to, to perish from the virus? How long does it take, take for it to kill you, in other words? Now, if it's a long time, then that might make for an even more alarming picture because we haven't really seen the full scope of the epidemic manifest yet. 
another big question is what happens if the virus mutates? Does it become more likely to spread or more lethal or both or neither? We don't know. And also, on that note, we don't even know if we can trust the Chinese numbers. I, for one, do not trust Chinese data of any kind. But at the end of the day, we should not underestimate the exponential nature of, of uh, virus growth. Um, but there's just too many unknowns here. The only sensible thing to do, I think, is not to panic and to stay prepared. And we can try to also put the picture into perspective here. I mean, you probably have 60, 60 times more people die from, uh, from you know, common colds. So they can actually be quite lethal as well. Well, they are lethal for the elderly and for people who are weaker to begin with. So, and that's the case also with this coronavirus here. But what I do want to suggest to, to everybody is, you know, we should be responsible in, in sharing accurate, verified data and information, not just doomsday speculation, because that doesn't do anybody any good. Now, if there are, in fact, cases and, and even deaths reported where you are, well, you're going to assume the worst, and maybe you should. But I will say again, I mean, as it pertains to the media, getting back to, the, to where we started from, the media is desperate enough to try and squeeze every bit of fear they can out of, well, anything pertaining to the virus. And they are more than capable of triggering a wave of panic. Now, so the virus is one thing, but the alarm and panic that comes with it, that is another danger in and of itself, I think, because panic kills for sure. One thing that I started thinking about when I heard first heard the stories of this virus breaking up was War of the Worlds. Now, this might be, seem like a bit of an oddball here, but many people might have heard of this radio play. It was basically a radio drama, and it was directed by Orson Welles and broadcast live as a Halloween episode on radio in 1938 in the States. Now, this broadcast, it was presented in a, in a kind of peculiar fashion. It was presented as a typical evening of radio news programming. So it didn't sound like an actual show necessarily, but it had these kind of interruptions with these, this series of news bulletins. Namely, news bulletins on the fact that the Martians had landed on Earth and they were attacking everyone. So it sounded just like a normal evening on radio, but then all of a sudden you had these breaking news alerts talking about how the Martians were attacking. And this broadcast, I mean, it's, it's become quite famous today because supposedly it was tricking quite a lot of listeners into believing that an actual Martian invasion was actually taking place. And this was, of course, because of this breaking news style of storytelling that they employed. Now, I mean, this, this episode, as I mentioned, it has become quite famous because allegedly it caused panic among the audiences. But, I mean, the scale of this panic is, is heavily disputed and probably greatly exaggerated. But it was enough to summon, you know, a, a response from the police. And it did certainly create a lot of big headlines the day after as well. But the point here is that it is possible that similar kind of information, erroneous information, can spread very quickly, probably even faster today than it did back in, the, in 1938. And especially if it pertains to something that is already perceived as a threat. And if the story sort of has some kind of veracity to it. So let's say, for example, there's a rumor, there's, a, uh, there's some fake news going around about the deadliness of the virus or an updated um, figure on the deaths and so forth. That can get out of hand pretty quickly. And in the event that panic ensues, that people assume the worst, that people assume that the, the end is nigh, people will stop behaving rationally and it very quickly becomes every man for himself. Now, it's been said many times that you are only like three meals away from anarchy and 
And in the UK, actually, they, they've only had, I believe, one case reported, one case of this virus reported, and already facial masks, you know, these N95s and what, whatever they're called, they have already started selling out. So let's say that you have a rumor that, you know, people have begun stocking up on supplies, so grocery stores may be running out of food. Well, there you have it. That's the stampede right there. And just the other week, I was, I was mentioning the um, Northern Rock bank run in the UK just 10 years ago or so. So that started very, very quickly. And you had basically, well, people stampeding to the bank to try and get their money out quickly because they had heard a rumor that Northern Rock was about to go bank, bankrupt. And also, just look at how people behave on Black Friday in the States. I mean, if people are willing to trample each other over what is basically a discount, then imagine what they will do in the event of an actual shortage of something, or a perceived shortage of food or something like that. So the point is basically, I mean, once the ball gets rolling, it doesn't really matter if the stores are at normal supply levels, they won't be able to cope with all the demand all at once. And at that point, it doesn't really matter what the media says to try and sort of put the genie back in the bottle and, you know, calm the populace and say, no, 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 it's, it's, it wasn't a real story. The, the phenomenon has already become self-fulfilling at that point. It's become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So this is why I say, you know, basically two things. So with all this stuff coming out in the media about all the doomsday scenarios that we hear about, try to assess the actual current situation. What do we know for a fact? And the fact is we are not at mass die-off levels. And as, as far as we can tell, the situation is largely contained to Asia only. And you can avoid contracting this by, you know, maintaining just the common sense protocol and being strict, much like you try to avoid the flu. So you're probably, if you're listening to this, not in any kind of danger whatsoever. So don't circulate the fear-mongering, this repetitive clickbaity content that you keep on getting, um, because it doesn't offer anything new or substantial. And also, if you really are worried, um, you can prepare yourself slowly and over time for one of the disruptions like the one I mentioned. So you don't have to sprint off to Costco and back up your truck right now. I mean... Actually, you should be prepared for a, let's say, a natural disaster or supply chain issue or something like that in any event. You, you, we should all be prepared for that. I mean, the government even is, is recommending that you have some supplies. And also, it's very convenient to have a, you know, a deep pantry and to top it up a little bit here and there with interesting stuff as you find it. I mean, you don't know when the next earthquake is going to strike and you don't know when the Martians actually will attack. So you might as well stay prepared at all times. Anyway, that's a quick one, but thanks for listening. What do you think about this coronavirus thing? Is it just a storm in a teacup? Are you preparing? Are you prepping? Where do you get your news from to really assess what's going on here? Let me know. You can email me on podcast at nyman.media. You can find me on Twitter at nymanmedia. And I mentioned this before, but you can go back to nyman.media and you can find news stories on all tech, big tech, fintech, and so forth on a daily basis. There'll, there'll be plenty of news stories, so come around. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to comment on an episode or if you want to support the podcast, visit nyman.media slash podcast. That's N-Y-M-A-N dot media slash podcast. Or feel free to leave a review wherever you're listening from. And thanks for listening.